iTunes presents Meet the Filmmaker at the Apple Store. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Apple Store. Soho, how are we doing tonight? That was kind of lame. One more time. How are we doing tonight? Think of where you are. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, before we get, begin, a uh, quick warning. There's a chance at this evening's event we may encounter some coarse language and content. Um, slight chance. Anybody never seen the show before? Everybody here seen the show? Who's never seen the show? Anybody in the back? You're going to like it. It's a period piece. Did you ever see Friends? It's nothing like that. It's a great show. I'm personally really excited for it. It's going to be amazing. Are you guys ready for our guests? Are you guys ready for our guests? I'll tell you one more time. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Danny McBride, Jody Hill, and this evening's guest moderator, Josh Horowitz from MTV. Hello, gentlemen. How's it going? Hey. It's going well. It's going well. Uh, so I assume these people out here you all have seen Eastbound and Down, yes, I'm assuming? Good, okay. Uh, we're in season two. Who would have thought? Was that the hope, was that the dream that this would be an ongoing thing? Obviously at the end of last season, who knew where Kenny was going? Here we are. It was all the dream to basically come back to the Apple Store. I mean, we came here <laughs> the first season. Like, if we don't get a chance to go back there, it'll all be for nothing. And now what do we have? iPads. Yeah. <laughs> it's, a, it's a bigger audience. I think there were like 10 people here when we, sh when we came with the first season. Right, yeah. right. It was just kind of a monologue. Um, okay, well, tell, how, do you, how do you even begin to create something like Kenny Powers? Who, like, where does this guy start in your imaginations, your collective imaginations? What was the genesis of the idea for Kenny? Well, you know, a lot of the racist stuff and homophobic stuff, like a lot of that's just based on Jody. We just kind of, uh, <laughs> I look at my good friend, I pull this stuff out from him and just kind of put it on screen. And Danny provides all of the, um, all of the heart, the sweet moments. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, we came up with the idea, I guess, uh, a few years ago. And uh, yeah, we, Jody, where were you? I was living in Virginia with my parents, and I was a substitute teacher and was kind of bitter about it. And, yeah, I, uh, I think I was spending the summer at home, too. Um, I'm not exactly sure why, but I remember being there for about six months. And yeah, and so uh, one day I was substitute teaching. It was the first time I had, uh, I had ever done that. And I had moved out of L.A. because I failed there and moved in with my parents. And, uh, and I just felt really self, uh, I really felt insecure about the whole situation. And the first day I went in to substitute teach, I, uh, I felt really weird because I had to write Mr. McBride on the chalkboard. And I just started to feel really old and like I didn't belong there. And uh, when the kids came in, the first thing I told them, I just started to get real flustered and told them that uh, I wasn't like the rest of their teachers, that I was trying to do something with my life, and that uh, this, this, was just, this was just a stopping point for me. And, uh, and I think it was that sort of arrogance and just stupidity uh, that, uh, that kind of was the, the genesis for, uh, for Kenny Powers thinking. Yeah. We're uh, obviously well underway now into season two, uh, two episodes in, episode three coming up this Sunday. Uh, so Mexico this year, this is, uh, I, I understand that it, it took you a while to come to sort of what this season was going to be about. A lot of drafts of the, of, the, of the season premiere in terms of where you were going to be in the arc of the story. What was the difficulty in kind of deciding what this season was going to be all about? I mean, you know, the main thing was, uh, you know, we kind of felt like we wrapped things up in North Carolina. You know, we, the, you know I guess... 
we wrapped them up in a way where we didn't really feel like opening opening them back up again. You know, we never really saw the show as like a sitcom. We kind of approached it like it was uh, a long feature that we just kind of broke up into thirty minute increments. And uh, so I guess the main goal this season was just not to make a bad sequel to kind of figure out a way to like you know continue the character's growth and continue what kind of works about the show but to uh take a risk and set it somewhere else and you know see if there was a way to find a new place to offend people yeah another whole country to offend um obviously beyond kenny we're starting to see stevie this season stevie return who, who i feel like has very quickly become a beloved cult if not just mass appeal character uh are you, are you surprised that sort of how stevie has um struck a chord with people if you will well sort of i mean uh we kind of knew he, we were on the gold whenever we uh whenever we cast steve little you know um it's kind of funny we S- steve is basically like like their kids i knew like in high school and college like they'd they'd be totally like square kids and then they go away to college and come back and just be completely fucked up after their first year like they just like turn to drugs they just turn to the dark side and we feel like stevie's that guy except he finally hit it when he's like 35 you know better late than never a late bloomer um I mean, I was going to say it's appropriate that we're talking now in the middle of baseball playoffs, but I, I know that you guys aren't necessarily the biggest baseball fans. And I mean, you tell me, do you think like baseball is an integral part of the story or could it be any kind of backdrop? For Kenny. You know, we, we both like baseball, but both of us are we're nerds. We're like movie guys. So, like, we don't really know all the stats. And it was one of those things where I don't think we ever questioned him. Be, we always, for whatever reason, imagined him as a relief pitcher. And uh, But we don't, we don't have an extensive knowledge of baseball. And someone had asked us recently, like, oh, so he could have just been like a rock star. Both of us were like, oh, man, we would have probably. It's a better idea. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have had to throw a baseball, which is horrible. <laughs> um, are there any self-imposed limits or limits that HBO puts on you guys? I mean, like, as we just saw, obviously, a lot of profanity. You guys go out there. But, like, do you have to kind of rein it in at any point? Uh, no, they, they've been pretty cool in terms of content. I mean, first season took some convincing, you know, to say that, like, this is kind of a, an, um, you know, kind of a bad person. You know, you're not going to really like this guy too much. And uh, it's only through the season that you'll like him. So we had to kind of push and convince him during first season. But... This season, they we haven't had any notes in terms of content and things like that. It's been it's been pretty uh, it's been pretty nice actually. I mean, you talk about I mean, part of the novel part of the show is obviously it's it's your protagonist is by most accounts on the surface a seemingly reprehensible human being. Yes, racist, homophobic. Uh, what else we got? Anything, right? Oh, sexist. Probably. Sexist, obviously. Yeah, yes, he's definitely that's... sexist. Yes. <laughs> uh, is it? Is it tough to find? Was it tough to kind of figure out how to make him likable in a way? Is that important to make him likable in a way? Yeah, definitely. You know, we, we started this show where when we took the first season, we kind of approached it where in this story, Kenny is the villain. And we wanted to figure out a way to kind of like base the story around the villain and try to find a way to make people kind of root for somebody who is who is this abrasive and is kind of, you know, his moral compass is is this screwed up. And so... I think we just try to figure out, you know, ways to kind of get them behind him, whether it's like showing a vulnerability or if it's just, you know, you can latch on to what he's trying to do. I mean, he's a guy who's down the dumps and his life has gone to shit and he wants to turn that around. And so we just kind of hope that maybe an audience would at least be entertained by his attempt to turn things around. Uh, But, you know, it's always a line of like, what's to, you know, what's going to turn an audience off of watching him? And, uh, 
uh, you know, honestly, I'm not really sure why people follow him. <laughs> I, I think a lot of uh, it had. I, I heard this thing from um, Oliver Stone when he was writing uh, Scarface, and was talking about the scene where uh, Tony Montana puts on the hat and is trying to be funny. And that's basically like the worst character in movie history, you know? And they were talking about how they were trying to infuse a little bit of humor into that scene so that the audience would like him as he does these bad things. So I think a lot of the reason people like Kenny has to, has to do with, one, Danny's performance, and two, the fact that there's humor along with all this kind of tragedy. And I confess, we talked about this earlier, but I think it's worth retelling. I mean, some people might know that Marilyn Manson, of all people, is apparently a huge Eastbound and Down fan. You guys have struck up some something of a relationship thanks to Eastbound, yes? Yeah, I mean, I've always wanted to be friends with Marilyn Manson. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, we didn't really find this out until the premiere. He wanted to come to the premiere of uh, of the show, and we were we were we were pretty flipped out by that. And he came, and uh, yeah, I mean, it's <laughs> I, I introduced him to uh, my wife, and uh, I was like. This is my wife, Colette. This is Marilyn. Is that what I call you? And uh, he stuck out his hand to her and goes, I like to be called rape. <laughs> sweet. That's sweet. <laughs> she ran. <laughs> Speaking of which, like, what is your, 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 do you like show this to the extended family? Does, the, does everybody get it in your respective families get this kind of show? I think that they're just like thrilled that I have health insurance and I'm working. So I don't think they like. I think they look past all this stuff. I mean, I don't, honestly think my mom is a little desensitized to it. When I went home for Christmas last year, like my grandmother, who's 87, was there, and she's like, "We should watch Eastbound with her tonight." It's just like that's the last thing I'd want to do is sit in a room with my grandmother and watch this show. I mean, as one of the creators, I mean, you obviously have to you watch yourself a lot. I would think in the edit room and stuff. Is it tough to watch yourself be that depraved and? I just blame it all on Jody. It's just Jody who pushes me there. It's just another person. Uh, hopefully we have some questions out there. Uh, do people have questions? I think we have a mic floating around, hopefully. Question I saw that, right? sir. That's great. Hi. Um, yeah. I, I've seen the foot fist way, and I see a lot of parallels in the character, the, the character. And I kind of wonder how, how long, like, if you could expand on that, and sort of how long has this character been in the works? And stuff like that. You know, I think with Foot Fist, it was like jo Jody and I worked on that script together, and it felt like uh, we were just kind of tapping into this sort of character, into uh, this sort of comedy, and kind of centering a movie around somebody or a story around someone that, you know, typically isn't the center of a story. And with Foot Fist, you know, it was an hour and a half film, and we shot it in like two weeks. But I think we uh, we we were just kind of entertained with like that tone, and so the TV show felt like a, an interesting way to kind of be able to expand upon that humor without just making another movie that was the same thing. We should note. I think we have some Foot Fist way enthusiasts actually dressed uh, appropriately. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hard, hardcore <laughs> Foot Fist way. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know if that's to be encouraged or I, not. I'm going to run from you after this <laughs> sword. Uh, other questions? Hi, I was just wanting to know how much of the show is improvised, or do you, like... We, we, um, we spend a lot of time writing, and we've, we do lots of drafts. Like you mentioned that. It took us a long time to write this season. Um, and I think we're a little different than most of the uh, other kind of... Uh, kind of like comedy guys out there, whereas like we come from a, a film background. So to a, to a large extent, you know, a lot of the things are written very, very tight, you know, and um, the, the scenes have really tight structures. And from that, then we improv off. But um, 
our improv is always like real, real pointed and it comes from like uh, kind of an emotional character art play. So I think that's maybe a little bit different than a lot of the guys. So the best stuff though is always when like something magical happens on set. So um, we're, we always try to like keep it open and hopefully that'll happen. Yeah, we usually do like one or two takes that are that are pretty much on script. And then after there, we'll just kind of we'll, we'll keep in mind like what the point of the scene is, but then just try to stumble over the words and find another more graphic way to uh, to get to that point. When in doubt, go more blue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, more questions, please. Maybe over here on the left. Uh, is there any chance that Clegg, Ashley Schaefer, or April are coming back this season? I don't want to ruin anything for you, but you, you might not have seen the last of those characters. Yeah. Um, Danny, I was just curious for you personally, are you a tit or an ass man? I like them both, you know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I also wondered if you'll be signing autographs and if you'd be willing to sign my samurai sword after. I'm only signing swords after. <laughs> after this. Awesome. <laughs> uh, more questions? I think I see. Oh, sorry. I saw on Twitter today that uh, Jose Canseco tweeted that he was a big fan of the show Easy Bound and Out. Yeah. I, I think he was talking about you guys. Said the show was based on his life, feeling aggrieved, and uh, said that he would be happy to give the producers some advice on it. You guys have anything to say about no, that? Never heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Has Major League Baseball ever weighed in in any way, shape, or form, said? No, they wouldn't let us use the real names for their team, so we called each team like by the city. But that that's it. I actually think, I, I don't know, but uh, it seems to be uh, a lot of uh, sports newscasters and things have, have kind of gotten into it. So, I mean, that that's about as close as we've gotten. Yeah, I was offered a contract for a minor league team. The, the Pensacola Pelicans was offered a contract to throw a little heat for them. But negotiations are yeah, no, okay. Had to come to the Apple store. <laughs> <laughs> Might have made the wrong call. Uh, Another question to the right? Um, I'm a big fan of the music that you guys put in. Oh, sorry. I'm a big fan of the music you, buy, you guys put in the show and also your movies. I want to know how much is your own opinion, uh, you know, the stuff that you want to put in yourself or a music supervisor, and was there a particular song that you wanted to put in that you weren't able to because it cost too much money? Um, no. Uh, for the most part, we, we do most of the picking. We have a music supervisor this season, uh, um, Margaret, you know, but for the most you part, guys know it's just, Margaret? yeah, she goes to Margaret. She's she, her reputation speaks for itself. <laughs> we uh, we got to uh, we I mean it's uh, it's us and our buddies, and we all just kind of like try to top each other for for the coolest song. Um, the budget, luckily, it hasn't really come into play too much this season uh, in terms of music that we can't get. But it's very rare that we choose like a song that's like. Uh, really popular, really expensive. Uh, most of the time, we try to go into like our, our, our deep cuts so we can... Yeah, I love that you sure, use the action in, uh, I believe, as a uh, Zero Report. Yeah, thanks, man. amazing. Yeah, thank you. I like them. Another question here to the right? Yeah. Um, you were, yeah, man, you were great in Pineapple Express, man. I really, <laughs> I really had a good time working That's with not you. what James Franco <laughs> said. <laughs> I asked him at Starbucks, but... Um, so... Danny, I've been seeing uh, a lot of similar characters in sort of your career as it's going, and I wonder if you're going to take a departure from that at any point, or if you're quite nervous of a typecasting type thing, or sort of you as an actor, less than the character. 
Uh, you know, like a lot of the choices I've made so far have been uh, like comedic things. You know, I never really saw myself as an actor. I met Jody and David in, uh, in film school and, uh, you know, and was planning on trying to get behind the camera. And then in, in Foot Fist and uh, All the Real Girls, the first movie I did with, with Green, uh, you know, I just kind of happened to be in those movies because we didn't know anyone who was an actor. And uh, so that was kind of the beginning of my career. And I mean, it's something you kind of learn from each day. You know, it's like you, obvi you obviously don't want to repeat yourself and, you know, people see your tricks. You always want to try to challenge yourself and push yourself. So I would definitely be into doing stuff that's, uh, you know, outside of things I've done before. Uh, I have a film coming out next year called Your Highness that uh, David Green uh, directed and I speak with a British accent in that, which is pretty interesting. Uh, really digging deep, yeah. I wouldn't even call it a British accent by the at the end of the day. It's like, I speak bitch. I feel like it's like a little spoiled bitch is what I sound like. Another question in the far right. Hi, uh, this is, I guess, for both of you. Uh, you've come out, Danny, with a series of awesome commercials with a New York favorite, Jeremy Shockey. Can we expect to see him on the show or...? You know. uh, Jody directed those commercials. He can answer that one, right, Jody? Yeah, I mean, uh, <laughs> yeah, Shockey's a good dude. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, we're uh, we write the show, and then we we don't we don't play to the cameos. So uh, you know, I don't I don't know if he's going to be on the show or not. But uh, uh, we certainly had a good time making the uh, commercials with it, and uh, he. He entertained us for 24 hours, I got to say. I think he I, thought I really was Kenny Powers the whole time <laughs> that we were, we were there. <laughs> the last question right here. To your right. How was it for you um, to learn a new culture like Mexico and Spanish? Uh, you know... Uh, you know the, the the beautiful thing about playing Kenny is that he just he doesn't have to ever adjust or change or <laughs> accept anything. So all the Spanish was basically that I learned was just gibberish. You know, I try to learn a few cuss words here and there, and uh, that's it. But it was definitely cool to go to uh, to a new place. You know, we shot Puerto Rico for Mexico, and uh, yeah, I mean it was a blast taking it to a whole new locale and kind of finding new things to make fun of. Uh, I assume since that's the last question out there, we have to wrap it up. But, I mean, quickly, we're in the middle of season two, a few more episodes to go. Presumptuous maybe to talk about season three yet, but, I mean, like season two, would you want to mix it up in that way and just go a totally different kind of environment for Kenny next year? You never know. I mean, Kenny Bowers could die at the end of the season. We don't know. You know, <laughs> Maybe it's all in the afterlife. Who knows? Yeah. Stevie takes over. Yeah, Kenny goes to hell, right? <laughs> That's a good thing. He would get to hell. Yeah. Now, we, we haven't really thought too much about the third season. Hopefully, we get a chance to do it. I mean, we would like to uh, make this whole show something that wraps up in like three acts, and the third season would be the end of it. And uh, hopefully, HBO will give us an opportunity to do that. Here's hoping. Uh, Eastbound and Down, of course, Sunday nights on HBO. Jody Hill, Danny McBride, thanks, thanks guys for stopping by. Guys, keep it going for Danny McBride and Jody Hill. Eastbound and Down on HBO. And don't forget, this evening event will be available for free as part of the Meet the Filmmaker series in the iTunes store. And also, for all our upcoming events and all your event needs, apple.com forward slash Soho. You never know exactly who's going to be here unless you go to this website. Thank you very much for coming out tonight. I hope you guys had a good time. Everybody get home safe and have a wonderful week.